Hello everyone, welcome to this week's FSF podcast. We're going to be talking about the recent election results and the Conservative manifesto going through the points that they've made and just having a discussion about that. Yeah, so we're all a bit stunned, aren't we? I'm trying to, <laughs> after a few days, trying to think positively about what we can do and what influences we can possibly make um, to hold the government to account. Um, as we said before, there isn't really a great deal about early years um, mentioned at all, but it's probably worth going through what they have said in their manifesto. Shall we just begin with the the news itself, which was that it was the biggest yeah. Conservative victory since 1987. It took 365 seats and they now have a majority equal win of 78. Yeah. And of course, Nick Gibb won, retained his seat in Bognor and Littlehampton. Um, so at the moment he remains the Minister of State for School Standards with responsibility for the early years portfolio. He has to wear that suit for a bit longer. He has to wear that suit for a bit longer, <laughs> wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not the only one clearly feeling very despondent about this. Neil Leach at the Early Years Alliance has said we can't go on like this. We urgently need funding levels to cover the true cost of delivering childcare. Um, but as we said, there hasn't really a great deal um, to look forward to. I don't think really. There we go. Even though one of the manifesto statements was about increasing education funding generally. Um, so what did they say? We're increasing school funding to 14 billion, with those areas historically underfunded receiving the greatest increase. Each secondary school pupil receive a maximum of 5,000. But Ben, was it you that found um, that primary school in Boris Johnson's constituency will see their funding cut by... Yeah. Nearly £1,700 a child. Yeah, I went onto the schoolcuts.org.uk mm-hmm. website um, mm-hmm. and you can just put in a, an area uh, or a school, in fact, and just it'll see, it'll show you what the funding difference from 2015 to 2020 mm-hmm. is. And in Boris Johnson's constituency, there's a school that was cut from £1,696 per child just in those five years. So, um, and then in Nick Gibbs' constituency, uh, where I used to teach, it's £666 cut per child. And in Gavin Williamson, who is also on the education side of things, uh, it was £465 per child cut. So, you know... What these... does this extra £14 billion mean then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going from that 2015 when all these cuts really started to happen. Yeah. So we're in a massive shortfall of funding now mm. and still recovering from that so whether this 14 billion pounds that's been promised is even going to touch the surface of yeah repair what damage has been done damage, yeah. Yeah. and that's the thing you know this 14 billion is actually probably back to where nearer to where we were in 2015 mm. yeah so actually they've cut it and then say oh look we're giving you back again so yeah, yeah. Back these mysterious right. nurses that we're going to have yeah the ones that were going to leave but no aren't Crazy. Yeah. yeah, but what worries me is, you know, is these three people are key to the education sector, yeah. and this is what's happening in their constituency, and they're happy for it to happen. Yeah, mm. you know, it's, yeah. there's no, oh, you know, we're trying to help kind of thing. It's this is what's happening. Yeah, they should it's be like, demonstrating the high standards. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what does it say for the other constituencies? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah absolutely. 
So what else have they got to say about disciplining standards in the classroom? Discipline, that word's coming up so much, oh, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lovely word. <laughs> Pisa schools may have risen, but young people are saying they're less satisfied with their lives. So this is about literacy scoring yeah. going on. Literacy and maths and science, wasn't it? Those three yeah, the core subjects saying that those, those standards have risen over the past... Was it four years or so? Yeah, it says thanks. Mm. The manifesto says thanks to the Conservative Party. Yeah, thanks to them. To the yeah. reform. Just to them. Just England yeah. has risen in international league tables that measure literacy. That's one of the statements they made. But see, because I looked a bit more into this, and the average score has fallen. Which to me, then, if the average score has fallen, then there is going to be natural movement anyway. Yeah. yeah. So whilst yes, you can't argue the fact that the scores in England have risen, actually the position in this league table, it doesn't matter how far you climb because it's about the difference in your scores, I think. Yeah. Is this all mainstream schools or is it private as well? It's a randomly selected, I I can't remember how many children it was exactly, but it's a randomly selected selection of children. Um, But I'm not sure if there's a certain percentage have to come from state. Yeah. But also, of course, they're hiding, you know, a couple of other current PISA scores and and another score as well. So, for example, one of the things I read today is that British girls are in the PISA scores um, score very highly. We're we're fifth in, but but the thing we score highly in is that fear of failure. Mm. So, British school girls have, you know, they're they're fifth on the rankings of fear of failure. And, you know, and it, that highlights as well where it says young people are saying they're less satisfied with their lives. Yeah. And we yeah. can see now what they're, what they're prizing higher. You know, yeah, exactly. Happens, so is it attainment? Exactly. Tables? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, obvious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and we all know that actually to do, to do properly well in one's life, yeah. you know, a, a, a level of well-being and happiness is required. That is mm. the bottom line is, you know, stress brain doesn't learn and all that kind of thing. So ultimately... We're heading in the wrong direction. And the other the other statistic I wrote down is that if the UK has dropped from 11th to 156th in the global children's yeah, right ranking. So that. if we want to kind of entertain PISA mm. and all these other things, you know, again, they're just completely mm. hiding those statistics. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ofsted's going to get a bit a big bump in money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To mm. keep the um, well, what they think is a constant checks being the way forward for schools yeah. making them um, work harder and all that yeah the no notice inspections yeah no well. notice inspections yeah. you know and what happens when uh, an, an inspector turns up at a school where the head teacher has got to teach mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah who is the inspector going to meet with or is that then going to sort of impact the judgement yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. but is that going to drive standards up not at all. Yeah. The, the, the inspected more. Uh, that's the thing. More immediately is going to it all. It all relies on the the theory that teachers are teaching well to satisfy Ofsted. Mm. Mm. But but we're not. Really? <laughs> you know, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> no. you know, you're teaching well because you want the kids to do well. Yeah. That's so it. why are we not trusted yeah. enough to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a quote I picked up on Twitter from uh, Pope James. James, sorry. Uh, it says, stop the unrelenting 
negative rhetoric about education, remove the needless high stakes accountability, and replace with a system based on trust. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, key to it. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's, teachers are there for the children. Yeah. Um, so not only is morale and well-being going down for the students, it's certainly doing the same for teachers, isn't it? Yeah. And it's back to something straight after the election. I saw some teachers say, you know, one thing that you may have to stop doing is buying everything for your classroom. Mm-hmm. So that actually the cuts, the effects of the cuts are being actually felt. Yeah. But teachers won't do that because... No, you want to do the best for your children. And whatever year you have to do that in, you, you know you're making those children suffer more than they... Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that is true. Teachers keep... Keep it going. They constantly subsidise, don't they? Constantly. Which leads us neatly onto the supporting teachers part of the manifesto. We know that teaching is a high value and prestigious profession. I don't think many teachers feel that, do they? (laughs) They're respected and And I don't think I don't think the general public sees teachers as being highly respected. No. So raising their salaries, but if that's the be all and end all, you know, they're just raising it. That's all people are interested yeah. in money. But actually, all that it's not going to help with the actual problem, which is keeping people in teaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the dropout rate that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Or is it eighty percent or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you need to yeah. attest to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But will will a higher staffing salary keep teachers in it for longer? Because they're still going to be facing the same problems, aren't they? They're just going to have more money. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's joined the teaching profession for the money. No, no. no. So like twenty odd years no. of being in education, no, it's just no. And I think Ben, you made a really good point as well about that kind of that kind of you know what does it do for people in a school if you've got experienced people on on the old system and then new people coming mm. in, new system of payment. And there have been so many discussions about that recently now because yeah. they're saying do do everyone's pay scales go up? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, does someone who started this year stay and because you can stay on M1 now. Schools are no yeah. longer obliged to move you through the pay scales. You can just stay on the same thing. So if you're on the old M1 and then someone comes in and happens to be earning twenty five more when right. you've been there. Yeah, you've been there four years and so on. I had this discussion with my current teacher friends early last week, and they said, you know, being somewhat facetious, maybe instead of an AQ teacher goals in on thirty grand, I'm leaving. And yeah. that is the general so just feeling. A, a lot of bit of a slap in the face, isn't it? But again, it's that classic thing of well, let's do, we'll just put this sentence in our manifesto. I mean, it's it's a, yeah. it's a, a politician's trick, isn't it? You know, we'll put this yeah. sentence in our manifesto to look really good to the general public. But we aren't thinking what that means in, in the work in the workplace, and and in fact, how would you in in a practical way roll that out mm-hmm. so yeah. that it is fair and equal? And an interesting point that came up on Twitter as well from uh, at Mr Licorice, it said academies won't pay it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. academies don't have to pay the main scale. Yeah. yeah. So all this could do is force. The remaining local authority schools into becoming academy because they can't afford yeah, to cover the costs. Uh, yeah. And there was an article in the Times back in 2015 which said all schools to be academies by 2020. Yeah. Well, that was five years ago. Yeah. So is this a, is this another route, another way yeah. 
that the Conservatives are going to push through that policy that they want mm. to have happen, which is that all schools become academies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, moving on to the backing our teachers on discipline, I never understood what that that no. phrase means. We will back heads and teachers on discipline. What on earth does that mean? Yeah. We'll expand our programme to help schools with the worst behaviour learn from the best and back heads to use exclusions. So yeah. anyone who's ever been a teacher or a head teacher is, is incredibly worried about exclusions and go round in circles about the benefits and, and the long benefits to the children who are left in school, the mm. disastrous situation you're in if you keep getting expelled from one school to another and what that does for that child and a, and a failing education system for that child. It seems to be that, that they're saying exclusions are a really wonderful thing. Yeah, they're um, yeah, like saying that that's now the behaviour policy, isn't it? Yeah. Just, if you don't exclude them. Just get if you don't like them. it, then yeah. exclude them. Yeah. You know, so more fully support you in that decision. Yeah. But, you know, it's ignoring the fact that exclusions have a direct link to the prison population in adulthood. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, so is that what they're planning as well? Yeah. To, Privatise the prisons as well, and then make money out of that. They also they also state that in the manifesto that Ofsted um, inspection serves a valuable purpose not just in improving standards but in improving behaviour. Yeah. How and I don't I understand don't, that. They like, like, pop in yeah. once every however many years yeah. for twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever. Yeah. How how is that raising behaviour? And how many schools hide the difficult children when they inspect? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 It yeah. does happen. It does so, happen. an impromptu day trip just for those two. Yeah. Yeah. So that is an utter. Um, do they mean because the children know? Oh, Ofsted are coming, and they like they know about Ofsted, and so we all better behave. Is it, is that what they mean, or is it like yeah. they're coming in on those two yeah. days and they're telling children to sit down and be quiet? I don't. I yeah. didn't understand what they meant. I didn't understand that at all. It just seems very like a, a very wishy washy yeah. statement. Yeah. I'd also, love to see some evidence for that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But also, at the moment, Ofsted are sending out very confused messages because some inspectors will punish a school for excluding, yeah. and others will be praised for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's a school to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So we will create more great schools. We will continue to do everything we can to ensure every school is a great school. We will continue to support innovation, like our successful math schools. I'm fair to know about the successful math schools. Set up for the most gifted young physicians, physicists, sorry, and mathematicians. Math schools, can we? I don't know if we've this. Am I supposed to know this? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, we will expand alternative provision schools for those who have been excluded. Well, <laughs> they closed all the special schools. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. children who needed extra support for behaviour and uh, additional educational needs. They aren't there anymore, so yeah. they're going to create them again. Yeah. And schools haven't got the people to cope with them as well. Yeah. And they haven't got the, the money to train people as well. Yeah. Um, there, there were two more statements in this bit that really got me. So yeah. one of them is we will intervene in, um, in schools where there is entrenched underperformance. But, but we know, in fact, um, Ofsted, I think, have admitted that in, in schools in deprived areas, they're less likely to be judged as good. There is intentional yeah. performance, but that's, that's sadly due to deprivation. And um, Mary Boosted, who's the General Secretary 
of the National Education Union has done a to-do list, in fact, for the Prime Minister now. And she, one of the top, you know, the, near the top of her list is to end child poverty. And there's an absolute connection there. These, in, these, these schools that have so-called entrenched underperformance, well, you know, you can loop that right back round yeah. to this appalling mm. child poverty that's just increasing. And what's their intervention? They'll, they'll get off spend. Yeah. They'll be at the school. Yeah. 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 That just reminded me of something I read last week. I think it was ten years ago. Schools were collecting uh, shoe boxes for um, to send to Romania. Yes. And this year they're sending up. They're collecting for food banks for their local community. Yeah. That's how things have changed in ten years. And, and, the, and the other state, absolutely, and, and connected again, the other statement in this section about we will create more great schools, it says we will continue to ensure that parents can choose the schools that best suit their children. And um, I read somewhere, Sir, Sir Ainsley Green, who was the former, former children's commissioner, um, he's written a, he wrote a book, I think, last year, and he, he spoke about the rhetoric of choice, um, which for most families is, he calls it an impossible dream. And that, again, is all around poverty and deprivation. Um, so this idea that, oh, well, we'll create all this choice for all these families. In fact, actually, for many, many families, this amazing choice is not actually available yeah. to them. Because no. schools are full. Exactly. You know, so yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, it's, you can choose, but you won't get it. Well, wasn't there an experiment in Brighton um, in the last few years where they allowed primary school children's parents to choose where they want and it created utter chaos in Brighton with, with families crossing Brighton with traffic jams yeah. all over the place yeah, yeah. it was a nightmare so they just withdrew that that was a few yeah. years ago wasn't it so there's this, um, um, their local school should be good enough yeah. for everyone in that yeah. locality shouldn't it it should be the other thing that worries me as well about these alternative provision schools is will they be able to get sort of attract high quality teachers to them mm. and that's what they need there. Mm. Yeah. But if as a teacher you're going to just spend the day having things thrown at you or not being able to teach your children, yeah. are you going to have a high quality teacher yeah. there? Yeah. Mm. And no amount of money is going to persuade people to do that if yeah. the whole situation is And again, it comes down to the support as well, the yeah. support staff. Yeah. You yeah. need the to pay them. The resources, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the last one, we'll invest in arts, music and sports. Well, that's the one I laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being a, an ex-music teacher yeah. at school mm. and seeing how every music service across the country has been utterly decimated. Yeah. We've lost it entirely now. Brighton and Hope's linked up with East Sussex. They're covering an enormous area, spread really thin. So all those amazing music lessons that were free to children, singing, concerts, yeah. kinder music, it, it's just all gone. Mm. So... Yeah, I just despair reading that one. But also, you know, how much do schools actually value it? Because they're not well, they're not measured against. Yeah, it. that's the thing. They value it as much as they are told to. Yeah, and yeah. we're not told to. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. So that's yeah. you know, and the new offset framework is trying to yeah to put that right. They're actually, yeah. but it's you know, but at the end of the day, the schools are still being measured. And the children that will get access will be the ones whose parents can afford private music lessons, and that's the only way they're going to get a musical education. One of my big worries about yeah, it as well. I think you're right. The Education Policy Institute did a really good analysis um, of the manifestos, all of the manifestos, and um, on that 30 hours um, bit, 
um, it did say that um, the, the current government, so now also the new government support for early years provision is, is, is proven to be more beneficial to higher income families. Yeah. So the 30 hours is, is skewed in that direction. The 30 hours is skewed in that direction, um, which, is, which is very worrying. Um, they also talk about um, that the biggest single influence on a child's development is um, the, the parental background and associated home environment. And that's one of the areas of education policy that's hardest, hardest to impact directly. Yeah. Of course, actually, early year settings are perfectly placed to support yeah. in that area. And that high quality early years education is a tool to start closing that gap, but isn't being utilised at all. Because it's not, again, it's not getting the resources, it's not getting the funding and the support to be able to do that. It's because it's where those very initial parental links are formed. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Early early, exactly. And the less of that we have, the yeah. more that gap is going to widen. Yeah. And there's no mention of that anywhere in the manifesto. No. no. Okay, right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, that's it for this year on our podcast. Mm, yes. Join us back next year. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Right. Bye. Bye.